Cool. How you all going? Good on you, mate. Appreciate it. Okay. So we've had a series going. I think this is about the sixth week on Go With The Flow. It's sort of counterculture, really, for Christians, isn't it? You normally see all those pictures where the, the fish are all swimming one way and then there's one blue fish or something going the other way. But uh, it's talking about going with the flow of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this is uh, week six. Um, my teaching outcome today is to encourage us to read and study our Bibles and to recognize the Holy Spirit's role in this. And I've entitled this message today, The Bible Opened. Jesus said this, I will send you the counselor, the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I myself have told you. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. One of the most practical ways that he teaches us is opening up the Bible to us. Why do we need the Holy Spirit's help in this area? One, because we cannot do it without his help. Two, we will reach the wrong outcomes without him. And three, he is always Christ-centered and reconciliation Centered reconciliation is a big word, but it basically means, just like Linda was sharing her testimony, if you're away from him, he always wants you back. He always chases after you. That's the message of reconciliation. I've got a scripture here, and it's um, 2 Corinthians 3, 4, and 6. Can we have that up, please? Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are competent of ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Our competence is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of the new covenant. Not in a written code, but in the spirit. For the written code kills, but the spirit gives life. See that end bit? The written code kills, but the spirit gives life. I don't know about you, but I have had plenty of religious people ram Bible scriptures down my throat, and I've actually done it myself, and used the Bible as a weapon against people, and that's what that scripture is saying, that the letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. That's there in the Message Bible, is it? Message Bible? So this is a a paraphrase of the Bible called the Message Bible. It says, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God, not that we are competent of ourselves to claim anything is coming from us. Our competence is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of the new covenant, not in the written code, but in the spirit. For the written code kills. That's the same version. Or is it a Message Bible there? It's not. Okay, that's cool. The Message Bible says it um, completely different. But that's, that's cool. And really opens it up. So bear in mind the Holy Spirit brings life. Not legalism, not condemnation, not torment. He brings life. Not legalism or religious mindsets which kill. Whenever we get the Holy Spirit on the scene, He brings life. In Paul's letter to the church at Rome, he said, The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So the Holy Spirit always brings life. Always brings life. The Bible is an interesting book. There are 66 books in here. 
39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New, 40 different authors. There was a guy who worked for the IRD. He was a tax collector. There was a shepherd come slash musician who became a king. There was a priest. There was a tent maker. All sorts of backgrounds written over three continents over a period of 1,500 years. The first person to put pen to paper was Moses in 1400 BC, before Christ. The last one that had anything to do with writing this was one of Jesus' disciples called John, who wrote some um, letters and, and a gospel in 90 AD, 1,500 years. And yet it contains no errors or contradictions. Interesting. It's divided into two parts. Just for those, I, I was talking to some young friends. Um, I've sort of been canvassing and interrogating people before preaching this. And uh, it's just interesting when people come into church for the first time and have never had anything to do with the Bible or church. And so I, I was really um, felt moved to sort of explain things on a basic level. So you've got, um, this is the old, this is the, there's a division in there, right? Like about four-fifths of it is Old Testament, like before Christ. And then you hit the New Testament, that's from Jesus forward, okay? So the date system changed, B.C., before Christ, A.D., what is antidenomine or something? It's is the, um, it's not Greek, what's that, Latin? Latin, is it? Yeah. Okay, so that's the division. So, um, interesting book. The Bible as we know it, with chapters and, and all this put together, was done in um, 250 AD, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and 397 AD. And then the chapters were added by um, the Archbishop of Canterbury in about 1200. So you can see this getting put together. And the verses came in in the 1500s. And this is, I'm just going to read now from um, the book of Luke and to show you the way the Bible used to be. And this is um, Jesus, and this is Luke chapter 4. And this is, what, this is what it says. And then Jesus came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home. He went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath. That's on a Saturday. And stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll containing the messages of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him, and he found the place on the scroll where it said. So it was a scroll. The scriptures then was a scroll. But bear in mind that Jesus knew the scriptures well. He knew them trained from a boy. He knew the scriptures well. It was important to him in his life to know the scriptures. In um, Mark's gospel, we have an interesting uh, story that actually happened of Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And he was attacked by the devil and tempted and, and told to do certain things. And the devil came to him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, change these stones into bread. And Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say, 
People need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word from God. And further down, you've got uh, the devil comes up and he quotes a scripture. And he said, you can jump off this temple and the Lord's going to look after you. And here's the devil quoting scripture. He says, he orders his angels to protect you and they will hold you with their hands and keep your foot from touching the stones. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, do not put the Lord your God to the test. What was the difference? The devil knew the scriptures. Pretty, pretty weird, eh? But he didn't have the Holy Spirit. Jesus, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he responded correctly and rightly divided and listened to the Spirit of God from the Word. So that, you know, that, that's, and there's heaps of other scriptures. Jesus faced, um, went into sort of a verbal comment, a combat with Pharisees the religious leaders of the time. And there's about six times in scriptures where Jesus says to them, haven't you, haven't you read? And these guys are versed in the scriptures and know every letter back to front and everything back to front. And Jesus said to them, you've got it wrong. You're not understanding God correctly from the scripture. I just want, I just put that out there just to show you Jesus was really into his memory verses. Okay, so that, that was for my life groups, for my um, memory verse homework. Um, so why do we need to read and study and think seriously about the Bible? Okay, here's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Awesome. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What does it mean for training in righteousness? What does that mean? The, the New Testament, the Bible as a whole, shows us who we are in Christ. There's promises there. It aligns us with what Jesus did for us. Linda's testimony in communion about the Lord tracking her down and bringing her back into right relationship. That's what it's all about. That's what it's about. Complete, correct, equipped. That one's got the message version. Is that right, Rach? Cool. Okay, here's the message Bible. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, Rach. So that's, um, that, that's pretty cool. How do we allow the Holy Spirit to open up the Bible to us? How do we do that in practical terms? For me, the most common prayer I pray is help. Lord, help me. Help me to understand this. Help me, Lord. That's it's just that simple. My next um, overhead is Mark eleven twenty four. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Believe you have received it. 
asking the Lord and believe that his word has integrity and that he is going to answer that prayer. Now, the, the basic thing is that we have to change our mindset. God is not sitting there and we have to grab him by the scruff of the neck and shake truth out of him. He wants us to know his truth. He wants us to know his love. The Holy Spirit is all about communicating God's truth to us. That is his purpose. He is our teacher, our counselor, our standby. We're the ones that are hard-hearted towards him. We need to ask. We need to be soft towards him. Some people would say, oh, God never speaks to me. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. We're just not trained and sensitive enough to listen. When I was preparing this, I was trying to track down that um, that scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. And I thought, well, I can just go to my um, Bible app and I'll fire in the, you know, the words and it'll pop up the scripture. And I thought, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. So I, I just prayed, Lord, help me to know where that scripture is. And then in, in my head, this thought came to me, it's in 2 Timothy. And, and, and to me, you know, might say, oh, that, Dave, that's just in your head. But to me, that was the Spirit of God speaking to me. Not an audible voice, an impression in my mind. And, and it's that, that that's, that's where it's at. And so I was really encouraged. Just, just bottom line, Christianity, faith. I asked. He was faithful and answered me. And then I went to the, the Second Timothy, and, and there it is. Now, you know, thinking about teachers... Um, my, you know, everybody has school experiences. Everybody has experience with teachers. I, my favourite time at school was intermediate year. Like, you know, I'm 61. That would have been, what are you at intermediate? 11? Deep? 11 years old? You know, I can still remember Mrs. Halleur in, in intermediate school. Love this lady. I was a useless speller, but I could write good stories. And, you know, I caught her marking my, one of my stories one day, and she oh, this boy's a terrible speller, writes good stories. You know, she's just a sweet lady. One of my mates in class, Brett, um, she, she would, um, this is how graceful she was, and I'm just aligning Mrs. Halleur with the Holy Spirit, because this is, I know that's a bit weird, but that's just what I was thinking about. <laughs> and my friend Brett, the only thing he would read was Commando War Comics. I don't know if you know what they are, but I don't know if they even still make them, but they're little, little books, they had pictures, and they just illustrated comics. That's all Brett would read. Instead of slapping him around the ear, giving him a detention, and expecting him to read Shakespeare, she would get him commando war comics just to encourage him to read. She met him where he was at. That's what the Holy Spirit does. I had another teacher in the next year, David Langston, and he was a radical teacher. He ended up getting kicked out and doing roadworks because he was just so radical. But what he did was he wouldn't give detentions. If you did your work, did your homework, you went on a chart and you got stars. Every month he would take you on a hike. This is how my you take us in the Waitakere Ranges, bush crashing, all sorts of things. That's how I started my hiking going bush, and, and you would, at the end of the month, and he'd, he got kicked out in the end because he didn't follow the correct school protocols, just different, 
different. The Holy Spirit's like that. He's different. We're all different. We've got different needs. He meets us where we're at. All we've got to do is be open to him. That's, 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 what, I, that's what I see. And then um, in high school, um, this is, I was a Westie, brought up in Tiaratu. Um, this is Rutherford High. Um, had this teacher called Mr. Hunt, first first uh, time teacher. And the, every time Mr. Hunt would, we had him for chemistry, I think, and, and the class would just go nuts. You know, just jumping up and down. It was a riot because this guy didn't know how to keep discipline. And then the deputy principal, Mr. Morton, every period we had Mr. Hunt, Mr. Morton was down below. And he heard all these kids jumping up and down, and Mr. Morton would come up. As soon as the door opened and Mr. Morton walked in, <laughs> silence. He could just project authority, just, just like that, just like that. Now, the Holy Spirit's sort of like that, but he's very quiet, and he's very sensitive. And we need to be like the class was with Mr. Morton, not with Mr. Hunt. That's what I, I thought about. You know, we, we need to be respectful and we need, we need to listen. I used to, I used to hate it. You know, these kids just nothing off. You couldn't learn anything. Um, one of my um, recent mentors and teachers was in the area of kayaking. And I started kayaking, um, commercial sea kayaking, when I was 51. You know, getting a bit old in the tooth. And I, and I had this, te- never kayaked before, and I had this teacher who was just l- l- loopy. She would, no, nothing theoretical, everything was practical. She, she'd say to me, Dave, we're going to do capsize recoveries. Okay, and sh- would she do it on a lake? No, she'd do it in the rocks with big swells coming in. And, you know, you just had to learn or die. That's what I thought. You know, it probably wasn't that bad, but, but the, the Holy Spirit will put you in those sort of situations, you know, learning situations. And it's all very, very practical, very practical indeed. So I've got, um, I've got 56 points. No, I've got 10 points here. About My first point was, um, you know, how do, how do we get the Holy Spirit involved with our Bible reading and, and getting into the Bible? Is to ask for his help. The Holy Spirit is, has supernatural gifting in the area of teaching. For him, it's all about connecting us with God. That's what his sole purpose is, connecting us with God. It's not about religious indoctrination. It's not about a whole set of laws and rules that we have to keep or he's going to send lightning bolts down and fry us. You know, that's not what it's about. He's out connecting us with God where we're at in a practical way with no condemnation, encouragement, encouragement. My second point is get the right translation. And this, this is an interesting one. I'm talking to some of the young ones. Um, they started reading the Bible with a children's Bible or a comic Bible. And I have got um, these interesting books here that a friend lent me. And this is the Kiwi Bible. The Kiwi Bible. It's not a wall-to-wall translation. But if I can, I'm going to read you um, some bits out of it. And this is um, controversial, um, irreverent, um, and, and a little bit weird. I love it. You know, it's cool. It sort of fits my, fa- my farming culture. And um, this is from Mark 6.30. Jesus' mates got back from their time on the road 
all set for a bit of a debrief. They told him everything, no holds barred. After they'd finished, and that took a fair time, Jesus told the guys, hey, there's so many people around here, we can't even hear ourselves think. Never mind, get any kai. Let's, cl- let's clear off for a br- bit of a breather, eh? So that, you know, that's sort of the style. That, that's, that's New Testament. It's good stuff, eh? Good stuff. Actually, um, that, that one there, we had sitting on our coffee table at home, and an unchurched family member was staying with us. And she picked that up, just randomly picked it up. Kiwi Bible, I've never heard of that. She just picked it up, unchurched girl, and started reading it. And it just got to her straight away because it was so quirky. You know, quirky and, and Kiwi culture. You know, people from Australia, they find us, you know, sort of a little bit, a little bit different. <laughs> one, one of the ladies, one of the young ladies that I, I interrogated before this said that um, when she came from, she married a Kiwi guy, she came to New Zealand, and she said, you know, we're fairly similar but not that similar and getting used to Kiwi culture was a little bit funny. And, and when she came into church for the first time, and, you know, we're, when we're up here preaching, we throw scriptures around like confetti. And she said she didn't understand what the numbers meant. You know, what, what, what is, when we put up the scriptures, and it's John chapter 4, verse 6, what is 4? What's the 4 and 16? You know, what, what does that mean? You know, and then, and then somebody would read from Ezekiel, which is Old Testament, and, and there's some prophecies there about Jesus. She thought, that Ezekiel was one of Jesus' disciples. And yet, you know, he's hundreds of years before. So, you know, it's just the understanding that's, um, that we need to tweak into. Sorry. Sorry, Reese. Okay, this is, this is Kiwi Bible, Old Testament. This is Psalm 23. Everybody knows Psalm 23, eh? Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, you know. Okay, this, and this is written by Dave. David, King David, it says by Dave. (laughs) This is it. God's, listen, God's my best mate. I'll do all right for sure. He gives me a breather when I need it, and he knows just the best place for a cool, refreshing, quiet one. When I'm feeling really knackered, he picks me up. He's got me heading down the right track. He knows what's best. Even when life totally sucks, no worries. You're right there with me. I reckon that's real cool. You know just what it takes to keep me going. You put in a fantastic feed for me, right in front of my enemies, keeping with an awesome, relaxed, complete with an awesome, relaxing massage. I'm stoked. I reckon all your love and good stuff will be a lot will be my lot from now on right up to when I cark it (laughs) I'll sure be living in your outfit forever then some so isn't that isn't that cool you know that's the key that's the Kiwi Bible um um actually you, we'll have to talk to Cullum about that. They're, they're Cullum's. Reuben wanted to borrow it because he never heard of it. Okay. So get the right Bible. You, you know, for me, you know, I do my study out of this. This is the Revised Standard Version. Very accurate. Very similar to the New King James. Um, very similar, but very accurate in terms of the translation. I do my everyday reading out of this, which is getting a bit past it. 
Um, New Living Translation, easy to understand, common everyday language. Not quite as common in every day as the Kiwi Bible, but nevertheless, easy to understand. Cool. Okay, where do you start? If you're going to read the Bible for the first time, where do you start? When I first got my Bible, I tried to start reading it from the front. Bad decision. Bad decision. What you want to do is start in the Gospels, New Testament. Start in something like Mark. It's the shortest gospel. It was the first written in about AD 50. All the other gospels quote it almost verbatim apart from 31 verses, the other three gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So start there. Why? The most accurate picture of God that you can get is looking at Jesus. Okay? The most accurate picture of God you can get is looking at Jesus. You start in the Old Testament Someone said to me, hey, Dave, why is God different in the Old Testament to the New Testament? He's not. It's just different understanding. So look at Jesus and then look at the rest of the Bible from there. Okay. Start with the New Testament. Mark, John, when you come to Luke, Luke has got part one and part two. Part two is called Acts. Okay. So follow through like that. Make it a habit. Make it a habit. This is, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just trying to help you. Make it a habit to pray. Make it a habit in time and place. Same time each day, same place. Glennis had a statistic, American statistic, that said 9% of American Christians read their Bible every day. That's just, you know, I would say there is, you know, a lot of us don't read the Bible a lot at all. Okay, make it a habit. Be sincere. Be honest. Um, get a, maybe get a Bible commentary. I know my New Living Translation at the beginning of each book, it, it tells you who wrote it, when it was written, the, the sort of the meaning about what the writer was getting to, that sort of thing. I know phone apps are great. I've got uh, two on my phone. One's, in, if you look in the app store, it's got a picture of a Bible. It says Holy Bible. It's really cool because it's got all the different translations and you can jump before them. Glennis uses it. The Bible plans in it. I'm not big on Bible plans, but some people really love them. It helps you read through the Bible. I've got another one that's called Got Questions. It's an app, Got Questions. It's got hundreds of Bible-based questions about Jesus and scriptural answers. That's really cool too. Um, YouTube, I've been watching a guy called um, Tim Mackey. He's from Portland, Oregon in the USA, and he's got, if you... On YouTube, if you type in the Bible Project, it takes you back through a lot of history. He's pretty good. Young fella, you might, say, might think Bible history is boring, but this young fella communicates it quite well. It's quite interesting to look at that. Glennis and um, Ian here are big on word for the day. Um, you know, it takes you through the scriptures, a bit of a Bible plan, that's cool. Okay, put what you learn into action. That's really important. If you have problems with a family member about agro and you read forgive in your Bible reading, it's a good idea to forgive. Put it, put it into practice. Put it into practice. It's a good way to learn. Cool. Think about it. Let it marinate. Think about it, especially if you're into worrying. Memory verses are cool. If you've got an issue in your life that is a, a particularly big problem, 
get somebody to help you, look on your Bible app, get the appropriate scriptures. When that problem comes up, put out the scripture, speak out the word. Think about when I wake up at night and sometimes I can't sleep, I run my memory verses through my head, you know, and, and accumulate that. Might sound crazy, but it works for me. I'm, you know, I'm 40 years in in this walk. I'm 40 years in, and I've nearly been taken out quite a few times by stupid things I've done and stupid things other people have done, and you feel like, you know, why bother? You know, it's easier if I just get out of church and don't do church. My biggest problem is that I've got all these memory verses, and, and I've got this habit of praying. And every time I open up to the Holy Spirit, he says to me, what are you doing, Dave? You know, you're thinking, or Ramsey, or whatever he says to me, and, and you get your act together. You know, sort yourself out. This, that's, not what, that's not the best thing for you to do. So my biggest problem is I've trained myself to pray and read the Bible, and, and you just keep going. You push through those obstacles and you get through it because the Spirit of God is always encouraging you and lifting you up and pushing you on because it's never just about you. It's never just about you. And the Holy Spirit said to me one time, Dave, if, if you go, you just think it's about you. But what about all the other people that that's going to affect? They're going to say, hey, you know, Ramsey was in the church 40 years and now he's, he's bombed out. Why do I need to keep going? It's an impact on other people all the time. You've got to be there for the long haul, and these things help. One of the most important things for me is fellowship. We don't learn and get into the Bible on our own. Life groups are important. Getting a study mate is important. Husband and wives studying together, that's real important because we see things different ways. Um, we have a, a family thing that we do. We get together every so often and do a hike in 2012, we did Nelson Lakes. It is um, much to Glenys's horror. It was seven days, six nights, um, backcountry bush hiking. Um, Glenys went along for playing cards in the huts at night. <laughs> that, was, that was her sole motivation. Um, but one of the neat things that happened was that two of the nights, this was in April, you know, it was getting into, into winter, and it wasn't too many people on the track, so we had two nights where we had huts to ourselves. No technology no power, and the kids said to me, my sometimes cynical, irreverent children said to me, hey, Dad, why don't you read us some Bible stories? So with my head torch on and my little hiking Bible, which you need a microscope to see the words in, I read them the old stories, Samson, David and Goliath, and they wanted to hear all those old Bible stories, and that was just a precious, precious moment with the children. Okay, last ones. Journal. Study. I, I looked up a guy called Charles Stanley, who's an old-time American preacher, very on-the-scriptures sort of guy. And this is one of the things he did to encourage himself. In his own personal time, he would find verses, he would act on them, and, and prayers would be answers, things would be changed. In some cases, miracles happened, and he would write that in the margin of his Bible and date it. So every time he came across that scripture, he would be encouraged. So that, that is one of the advantages of this up against just having the Bible on your phone. You can write, you know, I've got, you know, look at that one. I've got scrawls all over. I don't like marking with colored pens. I just scrawl in the, see, there's a whole lot of writing. Glenna said, get a new Bible. It's just scruffy. And I said, it'll take me weeks to transpose all my notes. 
So now I just, there's pages I tear off that are, you know, aren't important. <laughs> now that's in the concordance, not in any scriptures that I don't like. Yeah, okay, so cool. Okay, and read it in constant context. That's real important. Get the meaning of the passage. Don't just take the scripture. Last point I want to make is what about special cases? I, in a life group I took years ago in Kaikui, um, there was a, a guy in there that I knew, thought I knew quite well, and he, was, he would never read scriptures. He would never get too deeply involved, and I found out you know, he was my age. He couldn't read. You know, he couldn't, couldn't read, and I, I was shocked. I was... Um, I felt, you know, Ramsey, you're so insensitive. Why didn't you realise that guy couldn't even read? But, you know, there's audio Bibles... A lot of these apps will read scriptures to you. Reach out. Reach out. You know, we need to be sensitive to people with different needs. Our sister-in-law, when she came to the Lord, she was very badly dyslexic. Very bad. Struggled in school all the way through. And this is the power of the Spirit of God. She, she reached out to the Spirit of God, asked for help, and supernaturally the Lord helped her to read the Bible. And, and the dyslexia got pushed away and from other, but it started with reading her Bible and just asking the Holy Spirit for help. Cool. Rattled on a bit. Um, yes, just pray. Father, I just thank you. We just collectively reach out to you, Holy Spirit, for your help in, in getting into the Bible more together, um, husbands and wives with children. And Holy Spirit, I know that you have supernatural God-ordained power and authority to help us know and understand the scriptures that we need to know and understand. And so, Father, I pray that over each of us here in the name of Jesus, a sensitivity to you, just a hunger to know more of you and to be right with you. And I thank you that's revealed in the Bible in your word and I thank you for that I thank you for all the men and women that have given their lives and their life's work to have this book with us today we appreciate their sacrifice and we refuse to take that lightly or flippantly Father we thank you for all the hundreds of years that you have worked to see your word come into our hands we, we thank you and we honour you for that And we take it seriously, Father. Without condemnation, we take it seriously.